Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back here and see your faces. Almost around six years, close to six years that I have, well, we, the last time that we've been here, but I've been here. So it is a joy to be back. And for those who don't know me, like Sam mentioned, I'm a pastor in Honduras and also a professor at the seminary there in Honduras. So I'm a slave of the Lord, serving the Lord in Honduras. And over the years, the Lord allowed me to see so many uh, testimonies, so many people, see so many people who um, affirm uh, to confess to be a believer. And through the years, see those examples um, for one part, it's sad, but the other part is like see people walking in a faithful way, uh, godly people. But through my years, over, my, over the years, uh, see different Christians, people who profess be a Christian, sometimes hard to make a difference. Sometimes hard to see what they proclaim, what they said, because people who still delight in the sin people who don't want to walk the way that Jesus wants they to walk. And so it's hard. Sometimes I, I remember that I get confused of people who profess to be a Christian, but the way they live is not different than others. So, and I remember that I was thinking, oh, probably that's the way the Christian live. And when I moved, when I went to seminary, uh, start seeing these godly people, these godly families living according to God's will, it was impact for me. It was a great impact for me because I saw something different. I see something like uh, they haven't seen before. And then that helped me to start like living for the Lord. So the Lord used different examples to help me to grow in my walking with the Lord. But in the past, all those bad examples that I have in the past, like, uh, stopped me to trying to uh, follow the Lord or be in um, that uh, community with the Lord. It's because all those bad examples that I saw through the years. So the question is, how a passionate Christian look like? How a believer, a true believer of a mighty gospel, walk and live? That's a question that we need to respond. Because as Christians, we need to please our Lord in the way we walk, in the way we live, in the way we talk, in the way we think. So it's important to the people around us to see a good example, a great example of a Christian, a believer. So that's our call. To represent our Lord and Savior in the best way we can. And I want to encourage you. I want to lead you to understand, to see Paul's example so we can follow his example. But always we need to remember that it's not Paul. It's Christ working on him, in him. So in the same way Christ can work in us. So we can show the world how the Christian live in this world. So I want to invite you to Second Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four, 
And we have a church here uh, with fall teachers, selfish people who attacked the Apostle Paul. And that, it was hard for him because he started this church. And they're attacking him. They're rejecting him. So we have the Apostle Paul dealing with a church full of problems, a lot of imperfection. But at the same time, we have a man with a pure heart, full of tenderness, kindness, compassion, a man who will even give his own life for the love of the people of God. We have a man with this kind of heart. And he mentioned a couple of times that he loved them a lot. And then chapter 2, verse 4, he said in the second part, he said, I wrote to you with many tears. He was sad. He was suffering. So he said, not that you will be made sorrowful, but that you might know the love which I have abundantly or especially for you. And when he got to the chapter 12, he said that he's willing to give everything he has, even his own soul for them. So we have a man who loved this church. In this church, he described this church in the first letter. He said, you are not lacking in any gift. You are rich in him, in Christ. You are rich in him. You have everything in him. But they're lacking of love. And we have this example of him, a man with a pure heart, loving the people of God. So as believers in Christ, we are called to proclaim the gospel in the same way that he did, the Apostle Paul did. But our commitment goes beyond a simple proclamation because we are called to preserve the purity of the gospel that has been entrusted to us. So we need to preserve that gospel. And the question is, how? How we do that? How we keep the gospel pure? How we represent our Lord and Savior in this world? Because there's people around us who need good examples so we can follow. Even people around us in need of a Savior, they need to see our life and trying to follow us because we are following Jesus. So in this passage, Second Corinthians 4, we found two convictions of a true believer is striving to maintain the purity of the gospel. The first one, the first conviction that we find over here is that true believer stand firm in the midst of opposition. And the second conviction is that the true believer remain in the truth of God. Look with me in Second Corinthians 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced to the hidden things of shame. No walking and craftiness or adulterity in the word of God, but, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man conscience before God or in the sign of God. So 
he started this section saying, therefore. So that make us to go back in the context. What he said before that. And in the context, we find that he, he was a ministry of God to proclaim uh, the new covenant. Because that's the contrast in the old covenant, new covenant. The old covenant bring condemnation. But the new covenant bring hope, freedom, forgiveness. So this, Paul was called to bring salvation, hope, transformation, righteousness, freedom to the people. So he said, we have this great ministry from God. That's what he said. Therefore, sin, we have this ministry as we receive mercy. In other words, he had this ministry according to the mercy that he had received from God. That's why he said, therefore, seeing we have this great ministry by mercy. It's really important to understand that when Paul said that this ministry that he has is by mercy, it's because he understand that everything he had, including the ministry to serve the Lord, is by mercy. By grace. And we need to think the same way. You know, the opportunity that I have back in Honduras to be part of this great ministry over there, training pastors so they can go back and train the churches over there in Honduras, and not only Honduras, Central America, South America, even Cuba. That ministry, that privilege, that opportunity that I have is by mercy, by grace. I don't deserve that. I don't work hard so that I can get that. No, it's, it's God's mercy. So we need to understand that. that even if we had the opportunity to serve others, to serve in different ministries and church, is by God's mercy, by God's grace. And Paul knew that. That's why he said, since we had this ministry according to the mercy we have received, he understand that everything he has is by God's grace and kindness. And he preached God, but with that in mind. So that brings to the question, what is mercy? What is mercy? Mercy is not receiving what we deserve. Every time that we think of mercy, we should think in something undeserved. For this reason, Paul knew that everything he had, including his calling to serve the Lord, was the result of God's mercy. In this context, in this particular context, mercy means that instead of condemnation, Paul received mercy. Even after he had been blasphemer, enemy of God, he said, he mentioned in 1 Timothy 1, 12, he said that God showed mercy and put him in ministry. Even while he was a blasphemer, enemy of God, hypocrite, but he recognized always, every time, that by the grace of God, he said, I am what I am. It was God's grace in him. We need to recognize the same. We need to understand that we have received grace over grace. So if we can do something to advance or to serve the Lord is because God's grace. 
So that's why he said, since we had this, therefore, since we had this ministry, as we receive mercy, he said, we do not lose heart. We stand firm in the midst of opposition. There is people attacking him. Even their own dear brother attacking him. And he said, the mission that we have received from the Lord is so great that we need to stay firm. And he did. When Paul considered the greatness of his calling, it gave him the courage to face difficulties. Because too often we lose heart because we don't consider how great is the calling that God gave us in Jesus. So, Paul stood firm in the midst of opposition. We must do the same. There are so many things around us who can, who are going to provoke us to quick, to lose heart. But when we remember that we have a great God, an awesome God, amazing God, that helps us to stand firm because we're representing Him. Have you think that every time that you respond and the way that you respond, you're representing God? The people's watching you. The people, you never, they're watching you. The way you live, the way you talk to your kids, they're watching you. All people around you is watching you. So the question is, are you representing the Lord in the way that He wants you to represent Him? When we have difficulties like health issues, financial issues, when you lose your job, when you lose your house, a car accident, how you respond to all those difficulties? You complain because you're the only one you're suffering? How do you respond? The, the way that you respond talk a lot about you, God. And Paul said, we do not lose heart because we know that we're representing the Lord. He stood firm. And he understands that everything he has is by the mercy of God. In this particular context, facing physical trials and problems with the church and current, Paul was confident that the merciful God has everything under control. His confidence came from the glorious work that Christ has accomplished in his life and that keep him steadfast. So for Paul, the mission was so important that there was no time to be discouraged. There was no time to lose heart because he had a great mission from the Lord. Lead people to Christ. Lead people so they can be free. So the question for us, because we face difficulties, we face hard times, and the way that we respond, that honor the Lord, or this, this honor him. So the question for us is, how are you doing through the afflictions? When you receive a really, really bad news, 
How do you respond? What encourages you to stay firm? Because we can have wrong motivations to stay firm. Oh, I want to look good. I don't want the people to talk about me. Or your goal is glorify the Lord. You respond in the way you respond because you want to honor the Lord. The other question is, what makes you lose heart? Is something small, something big? Or there's something to be worried for? And have you prayed to the Lord when you lose heart? Do you go and pray and say, Lord, help me. Help me because I want to glorify you through this. How do you respond to the affliction? The way he, the Apostle Paul responds is, he stands firm in the midst of opposition. He went to really hard times. If you look with me, he mentioned in this second, in second Corinthians, he mentioned like a three list of the different trials, uh, affliction that he went through. In chapter 6, verse 4, he said, And much perseverance, affliction, distress, hardship, beating, imprisonment, uh, labor, sleepiness, hunger, all that. But he stayed firm. But remember, it's not Paul. It is Christ in him. It's Christ who enabled him to stay firm. And the same Christ who enabled Paul in the past is the same Christ that we have. He can enable us to stay firm in the midst of opposition. The second conviction that we find here of the true believers striving to maintain the purity of the gospel is that the true believer remain in the truth of God. Look with me, verse 2. But we have renounced to the hidden things of shame, no walking and crafting it or adulterity in the word of God. There's a contract. He said, we do not lose heart. Because we understand the great ministry that we have received from God. And then he said, but we have renounced to the hidden things of chain. No walking and crafting it, other turning to the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth. In other words, we have here, this, this bird told several things to us. Renouncing, renounce to the hidden things, renounce to the shameful, to avoid crafting it. No falsify the word of God. And he said, but by manifestation of the true. Because there are four teachers over there in the, in the church in Corinth. The, who attacked the Apostle Paul. And they said, accusing him. Oh, you are doing this. You motivation, they're not good. And he said, we renounce to everything. Everything of those things. And then he said, how we renounce to that? By the manifestation of the truth. By means of a public and open proclamation of the truth. Making the truth visible. By showing them the truth in a visible way. 
by clear exposition of the truth. Paul was a man of truth. He talked to truth. He lived according to truth. His life, everybody can see his life. But that's why he said, commending ourselves to every main conscience and the sign of God or before God. So the man can see the, 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 his life. God can see his life. But for him, it's more important to live according to God's will before God. And he said he renounced to the hiding teen, hidden teen of change. And he did it before God. So our main public of what we do and said is God. In the end, we will be before God. So make sure that you live for his glory every day. So Paul said, because he had a great ministry, he stood firm in the midst of the position and he remained, abide in the truth of God. It's really important today to remain, abide in the truth. Because there's so many people saying that they have the truth. Our children in school, in college, they're going to struggle with this. People who proclaim that they have the truth. And we need to train them. We need to be sure that we understand what's the truth of God is. We need to study the Bible so we can know the truth and remain in that truth. Many today have changed the truth for their own benefit. And this dishonor Christ and His work. And one day they will be responsible for the way they treat God's truth. Charles Spurgeon said, We are not responsible to God for the soul that are saved, but we are responsible for the gospel that is preached and for the way in which we preach it. So we need to make sure that we talk the truth, proclaim the truth, live the truth. Paul had many reasons to lose heart and give up the word that God has entrusted in him. However, he found strength in the Lord. Why? Because he remembered the privilege of being minister of the new covenant who bring hope, who bring freedom. So he said, knowing that you have received grace and mercy, enable to stand firm and remain in the truth. The way that we respond, the way where we live in this world, help the people to see the gospel. Help the people to understand the gospel. And we are called to represent our Lord and Savior in this world. The question is, how you, how you are doing with that? We have a dear couple uh, in our church that I have the opportunity to see them grow in Christ. They start really early and teenagers in church. They grow in there. 
they went through the youth ministry and then they got married and now they have one daughter but they have lost three babies already and you when you think in that story it's like wow how how is that possible how is that possible to go through that but the way they respond to each one of those cases, those moments, it is amazing. It is amazing the faith that they have. It is amazing the way they respond because it's not natural to respond in a way that honors the Lord. The way they respond, it is amazing to see and walk with them through all this. And, and here, the, the here that they said, oh, God is in control. He allowed this so we can grow. So we can testify the world that He is amazing. That we can find peace in Him. That's amazing to hear those testimonies. But that's what Christ do. And that is a clear proclamation of the truth of God, of the gospel. And we are called to do that. So the true conviction of the true believer striving to maintain the purity of the gospel is that the true, the true believer stand firm in the midst of opposition. The second one is the true believer remain in the truth of God. And the question is why? Obviously, for God's glory. But in here, in this passage, we find another purpose. We, we find why. Because the true believer recognized the need of the gospel for the gospel. Look with me, verse 3. And even if our gospel is bell, it is bell to those who are perishing. There is people around us dying. People in need. And, and we need to understand that. That's why we need to stay firm in the midst of opposition and remain in the truth, abide in the truth, because there's people around us in need. You know how the Bible describes the man without Christ? The Bible said that there's cheap without chopper, unable to inherit the kingdom of God, living in the light and the deeds of the flesh, Falling short of the glory of God. People without hope. And those people around us. In need of see the good example. Passionate Christians. A believers, true believers. Who represent God in an amazing way. They need those examples. Every believer in Christ should know that the world is in need of a Savior. Our kids, our children need a Savior. Our neighbors need a Savior. Our co-workers need a Savior. Our classmates need a Savior. A lot of people around us is in need of the Savior. That's why we need to remain in the true, abide in the true, stay firm, because the way that we live talk about our God. And Paul understand that. He said, there's people perishing. Verse 4, 
in whose case the God of this age has blinded the mind of the unbelieving, so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So there's there are many lost people in need of hearing the gospel. And we as believers, those who know Christ, are called to preach Christ and live like Christ so the people will know the gospel. This look like look like the Apostle Paul is talking about himself. Remember? And the the um uh, walking to uh, Damascus and that road to Damascus um, Christ showed him himself and he said why are you persecuting me he was blind to the truth and God opened his eyes so he can see God's glory in Christ so he said there's people like that around us that's why there's no time to lose heart. That's why we need to abide in the truth. Because there's people in need. It's a great need around us. The condition that we read in verse 4 was our condition. Blind to the truth. Unable to respond to the gospel. But God, who is gracious, May us see the glory of Christ through the gospel. And that gospel can change life. That gospel can transform our children, our own family. But we need to be a great example of that gospel. So we stay firm. Remain the true. Why? Because there's a great need around us. How we do this? Verse, look at verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. How are we doing? Focusing on preaching Christ. Everything is Christ. If you something, it's because Christ. So every Time, every moment, Christ, Christ, Christ. That's the way that we glorify Him, talking about Christ, thinking about Christ, leading people to Christ. That's the way the, the Apostle Paul did. He said, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And look, and ourselves as your slave, servant, for the sake of Jesus. So he said, he's our Lord, and we are his slave, servants. So the supreme purpose of the life of every man, woman, and anyone born in this world is to glorify God. To glorify God should be our desire every moment, every day. So when we talk about glorifying God, we are talking about magnify his glory before the world. But we can dishonor him in the way that we respond. As I mentioned, I saw so many people professing that they are believers, but still living the same way. And that dishonor the Lord. 
So make sure that you are living according His will. Make sure that everything you said, the way you think, the way you talk to your kids, the way that you talk to your husband, the way that the husband talked to his wife, honor the Lord. So Paul said, we focus this, our ministry in preaching Christ. We preach Christ all the time. And I, I, I understand that no anyone who opened the Bible start talking about Christ. You can open the Bible and talk about something else. So that's why we need to know the truth and remain in the truth. Make sure that the, what the people saying is true. And my, in my conversation with the students in Honduras, I always remind them, I said, you know what? You cannot preach about yourself, but still have no Christ in your sermons. Because you're adding wisdom, human wisdom. Because you're trying to make the gospel attractive to the people. We are not here to please people. We are here in this world to please God. That's our goal. Please Him in every way, every time, every moment. We must be careful that we are always talking about Christ, leading people to Christ, giving Christ the credit for everything. Paul did everything to please Jesus, not to please men. His conviction was to give glory to God and to Him alone. And our conviction must be the same. To give glory to God in everything, especially talking about Christ. Leading people to Christ. So, why we stand firm? Why we remain the true? Because we recognize the need of the gospel. How we do it, focusing on preaching Christ. And for what purpose? For the salvation of the lost. Look at me, verse 6. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts. So, Paul leads us to the creation. He said, The same power that God used to create everything is the same power who saved us, who opened our eyes, who lead to Christ, so, he, so we can be able to see His glory. That gospel is so powerful to change us, change Paul, change you, and that same power who can change the loss. So we stay firm, remain in the truth for the salvation of the lost. Because there's people in need around us. So the people can see the glory of God. That's what he said, verse 6. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We want people coming to Christ. We want people follow Christ, following Christ. In the same way that God 
word in our heart. The same way the, the, the Lord used different people to lead us to Christ. We need to do the same. We need to show the people this is how a passionate Christian lives. This is the way how you live for Christ. Because there is a great need around us. But it's so sad when kids, when our children said, I'm confused because you're different in church than in the house. You're one in the house, but when you go to church, you're so patient with everybody, so loving with everybody. But in, in the house, man, you're a different person. And what's our response? Get angry with our kids. But they're telling the truth. So be careful the way you live. Be careful that the example that you give to others. Because we can encourage others to follow Jesus. To have the God that we have. It is amazing when people say, there is something different in you. The way that you respond, the way that you live, the way that you treat your, your, your husband, your, your wife, your kids. It's different. There's something different in you. What you have. It's so amazing when people say that because we can lead them to Christ. And tell them, it's not me. It's Christ. So, the gospel that we now embrace was the gospel to which we were before blind. But Christ made visible to us to the glory of the invisible God. So this mission to lead people to Christ, to proclaim this gospel who set free, is so great and powerful that it is impossible to give up. Has the power to transform life, change heart, give hope, and set free all those who receive it. Paul was convinced of this. Are you? Go with me to Acts chapter, chapter 4. And we find here the story of Peter and John. After they um, heal a man. In verse 18, chapter 4, verse 18. They, the second part, is that they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So they said, you need to stop doing what you're doing. That's why they said. But how they respond. Verse 20. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. They said, we have a great mission. We're not going to stop. It doesn't matter what you think. What do you do to us? We're going to keep doing what I'm doing. Honor the Lord. Glorify the Lord. Talking about the truth. Stay firm in the midst of opposition. And remain abide in the truth. That's what Peter and John respond. And we need to respond in the same way. For the glory of God. So in lifetime, there will be hard 
painful, disappointing moment. Even the system of this world, even members of the body of Christ will provoke you not to live for Christ. There will be many temptations to make you give up. In those moments, we must remember that we are God ambassadors of this earth. And the way we respond to those hard times is a clear proclamation of our God and the gospel that we embrace. If you want to keep the gospel pure and give glory to God every day, you need to stand firm and remain in the truth of God. But being honest, we cannot do this in our own strength, in our own power. We need God's help. We need a supernatural power to keep us in the path of truth. If God did not sustain us, it will be impossible. Even Paul recognized that. Always he was pointing to Christ. He said, it's Christ in me. If I can do something, it's because Christ. If I can tell the truth, because Christ. If I can stand firm, it's because Christ. If I remain in the truth, it's because Christ. Always pointing to Christ. In the end, we have to recognize that it is no Paul, but Christ working in him and through him. But even the Apostle Paul, this amazing man that God used as his instrument, he recognized this only God can do this. And there was time when he lose heart. Even when he said, we do not lose heart, he did. Because he, will, he recognized he is weak. He needs a Savior every day. And there was some time that God has to encourage him. Let me show you a couple ones in Acts. Let me show you a couple ones in Acts 18. When he was encouraged, Acts 18, he was encouraged. And he had this fear. And then the Lord said, verse 9, 18, 9. And the Lord said to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid, but go and speak and do not be silent. That was in Corinth. That happened in Corinth. And he said, For I am with you. What a, what a precious promise. I am with you. That's the same promise that he, before he, he go back to heaven, I will be with you forever. And he keep his promise. He is with us. He can sustain us. He can help us to remain in the truth and stand firm in the, in the middle of the opposition. So he encouraged Paul. So many times, when you, if you go to chapter 23, look at verse 11. But on the very night, the Lord stood at his side and said, Take courage. That's on the way to Rome. And then, 27, when he was afraid he's going to die... Look at what happened there. 27, 24. 
do say, do not be afraid. So over and over, our kindness, God, help us through afflictions. So we had this amazing God. He want us to stand firm, remain the true, but also He is our shepherd. He is our, our loving God who can sustain us, who can help us to do this so we can represent Him in the mighty way in this world. So we have a call from God to stay firm in the midst of opposition, to remain in the truth of God every day. And the question is, why? Because there's a great need around us. How we do it? Focusing and preaching Christ. And for what purpose? For the salvation of the lost. If we do this, if we can do this, we're going to glorify the Lord. But we need to understand that we can do it on our own. We need God to help us so we can glorify Him every day. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for the opportunity to call you Father. What amazing it is to have this relationship with you. You open our eyes so we can see the glory of Christ. You glory. Help us to stay firm in the midst of opposition. Help us to remain, to abide in the truth. We want to honor you. We want to magnify your name. There's hard times. But you promise us with, with us. You sustain us. And we ask that you do this today. Help us to honor you. We want to represent you in the best way we can. Lord, thank you. Thank you because now we can read the Bible and understand the Bible and follow what you want. We want to live according to your will every day. Help us to glorify you in our families, in our work, in your church, so we can glorify you every day. Thank you for this opportunity to open the Word of God with my dear brothers and encourage them to follow you and depend on you every day. In Christ's name, amen.